Hey everyone, welcome to the Beyond the Arc podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm here with my friend Gavin. Hey Matt, thanks for having me. All right, so today's probably going to be talking about contracts signed uh, this past NBA offseason. Um, so Gavin, did you create your list of 10 I told you to? Yes, I've completed task one. I have the list of 10 here. Nice, okay. All right, so the criteria I have written down is um, best, best value contracts, so estimated production to amount of money. Um, and then we're going to prioritize like high level production versus like an end of rotation minimum type deal. Um, and all the, all the contract numbers that me and Gavin are going to uh, give out today are all from Spotrack. Good website. Yes. All right. All right. So let's start for number 10. Who's your number 10, Gavin? Number 10, I have Pacers guard C- TJ, oh, not CJ, TJ McConnell. Uh, he signed a four-year, $33.6 million contract. Comes out to about 8.4 annually. That ranks 31st amongst point guards in the NBA. McConnell is an underrated point guard. He, he, he's more of a backup role and a facilitator, but he's a great point-of-attack defender. He, he, according to Cleaning the Glass, he ranked 100, in the 100th percentile for steal percentage. This Jesus. past season, yeah, he <laughs> so amongst no amongst guards amongst guards he was in the 100th percentile. He was for steal percentage. I'm not surprised. Meaning, yeah, no, he. I mean, he's very disruptive. If you watch, like, you can go on League Pass and watch his deflections. He's just like everywhere. He's a very like he's a feisty little. He's kind of like toned down Pat Beverly, just always in your face, but. That was a good contract deal. He can sit behind Brogdon and uh, at 8.4 for a backup point guard. That's pretty, pretty modest. So I'd say that that's the 10. That's my 10. Yeah, I agree that he's a he's a pretty solid backup. But I think when it comes down to playoff time, I, do, I don't really know how effective he is because he's so small. It's really hard to play. And plus, he can't really shoot threes. So you true. can't really you can't really play him next to the starters. That's like my only gripe against him. That's but true. As, a, as like a backup, I think he can come in and come in, give some uh, juice to offense a little bit when like Brogdon's off the floor or something like that. So yeah, it's a it's a decent deal. All right, so for number ten for me, I have Victor Oladipo, uh, one year minimum to the Miami Heat. So he's the ninety seventh paid shooting guard, but this year, um, might be more of like an injury recovery most of the year. But the reason why I have him ten. Uh, or he's on this list at all is because that he has the possibility of coming in later, um, closer towards playoff time, and be really, really effective for the Heat. If even if he's not like All Star level, like even if um, he's something a little less than that, but like some uh, eighteen to twenty point per game score on a one year minimum deal possibly is really good. Just the only reason why he's at ten is there's a possibility he might not play this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I just uh, the concern with the quad i think that was his issue when he was with the rockets is definitely what's kind of what's what landed him a minimum deal because he does have that potential to be great and see what he, he was with the pacers but i uh i agree this he falls further down the list at this point. i think the i think the the one year minimum is just so that he could it's more of a recovery year and then next year that he are probably going to extend him if they deem that he yeah. can actually come in and play again it's yeah, it's kind of um, like a prove it deal. You gotta just like see how he, he might, recovers, yeah, yeah, see yeah, how he looks, exactly. and then low risk. So yep. makes sense. Number ten. Right. The tens. Here's my number nine. Now I'm looking at it, maybe a little further, or I don't know. I have Nerlens Noel who resigned with the Knicks. He was three years, twenty seven. What does that say? Twenty seven point seven two million. 
which is a just over nine million annually. Um, he's a team option uh, last year. He has a team option the last year from the Knicks. It's, it's you have to consider. I considered that his contract for a vertical spacer for someone who's a great defensive player is good. The reason he falls a little further down is they already have a Mitchell Robinson and Obi Toppin. I think they're getting a little redundant with these vertical threats and kind of I, – I just don't know how well he fits alongside a Mitchell Robinson once Mitchell Robinson comes back. So that might, might seem make his contract a little rich. Again, this is – I mean, minimum 1,000 points a season – or uh, sorry, 1,000 points, 1,000 minutes. Nerlens Noel ranked in the 97th percentile for block percentage ahead of Rudy Gobert and only behind Miles Turner. So when you consider elite shot blockers in the NBA, Nerlens Noel needs to be in that conversation. And he was a big reason the Knicks defense was so great throughout the year. He was a, he was a cog in Thibodeau's defensive scheme the whole year. So, yeah, that's a, I think that's a pretty reasonable deal. I like the team, co- the, <clears throat> the team option at the end. Uh, my whole thing about the, like those Knicks, like they signed Burks, Rose, and Noel, all similar structured type deals, like a team option last year. It gives them a lot of flexibility um, to possibly move those deals to acquire like a bigger star level contract, which I like. Um, so they have that flexibility along with their kind of just running it back with this team that kind of caught lightning in the bottle last year, fourth seed. So yeah. That is um, something, yes, credit to uh, GM Scott Perry. He did that, you remember he did that with Randall, and he did that with Bobby Portis, and yeah. he, there was a lot of two-year deals they signed with team options the second year so they can reassess, and it's kind of, I mean, it worked out for Randall, and it worked out for for a lot of those guys. Also, yeah. I forgot to mention, Noel ranks 22nd among centers, so that that's his kind of projection uh, according yeah, to his I position. Think so I think that's a pretty reasonable I'd, I'd say yeah. I'd, I would have yeah. thought he would have been top 20. No, I mean, not m- much higher, but like, it's, I think it was a good deal based on what he brings defensively. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. who's so coming number, in at nine for you? Number nine, I have James Johnson, one year minimum to the Brooklyn James Nets. Johnson. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, this one's a bit of a risky, a risky bet because there's a possibility that he might not get as many, uh, get as many minutes as maybe like Blake Griffin. But I think what, he, well, first of all, he fills Jeff Green's kind of like the his the toughness role he brings as like a small ball five. And if anything, I think he might be better because he is a bit stronger than Jeff Green. Uh, he is less of a shooter though, which is a concern. But he's a way better way better uh, ball handler and playmaker. He's a really nice, I don't know if you've watched a lot of him, but especially like when he played with Miami, uh, he started doing this like dribble handoff game uh, with like Wayne Ellington. Right? You think about it like that's kind of like the previous version of like Duncan Robinson Bam Adebayo like dribble handoff duo where they yeah. pitch, pitch it back and forth so James Johnson and Wayne Ellington were actually the, the the original group that the that that started doing that in uh, Miami with like a ball handling big and like a movement shooter right so I think he that's actually really valuable uh for this because imagine he literally could do that with if he's playing next to Joe Harris and then the core three Irving Harden Durant like that's just that's just instant offense right there. I think that's really gonna make things a lot easier. Um, so there's just less like isolation ball and more. Um, there's just some more movement involved. So I think he can he can bring that for. And then Blake Griffin maybe could bring them. I think James Johnson's a lot more skilled in that area. So that's yeah. why I think he can help. He can help them a lot. He's gonna give them a new dimension to their offense. 
And on a minimum I, deal, like doesn't get better than that. Yeah, no, I that was the bit. I mean, that's the big thing with the Nets is that I mean they have obviously all the star pow- power they need. So getting guys like James Johnson that can fill a specific role like that, working with like a Joe Harris who's obviously phenomenal catch and shoot, and who can kind of he's an intelligent guy, is a veteran at this point, and so he understands his role, and it'll bring a you're right, bring a new dimension to the offense. So. That is that is a smart deal. I I didn't I didn't think about that in that context, but I guess that's why Casual. we're here. <laughs> why did I? <laughs> All right, number that? eight, number eight, number eight, number eight. Um, I have, I have uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who signed with the with the Wizards. It's a bigger deal, so that's why he falls down. It was three years, fifty four million, eighteen million annually. Ranks nineteenth amongst point guards. He's coming off the torn ACL. He played. I think he missed all but like three or four games last season. Um, they got so the Wizards got rid of John Wall, and they need they needed a a guy who can facilitate the offense. I think Spencer Dinwiddie brings a little more control to the offense than a John Wall did, or that a Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook was the more recent one. I'm I'm thinking in like 2010 with John Wall, but Russell Westbrook he brings a little more methodical play and will slow the pace down, which I actually think will help. Bradley Beal and like they'll be able to get into more more uh sophisticated sets and that Spencer Dinwiddie really can run an offense when he's given the chance I I just think he was never getting the chance with the Nets especially and he was never going to when they had KD and Kyrie and everyone they had but I think that what he can do what he has done and for only I mean 18 million is a healthy healthy chunk of money but it's not based on how that elevates the Wizards offense from what it was before, I think it's a good value. It's kind of like James Johnson. I think it's a good fit for what they're going for. Yeah, and I actually do think it is a value deal because I think Dinwiddie could have I could have foreseen him got, getting more than like maybe like 20 million plus and they got him for less than that. So I think that is a value uh, right there. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think I think you know, he got a pretty good he actually did get a pretty good shot in Brooklyn before the trio came and then um the year Irving and Durant got hurt he actually played pretty well uh yeah. especially for someone who like kind of was just I, I think he was a second round picker undrafted but he kind of bounced around the league a little bit like he, he played was... for the Pistons Pistons Bulls and then landed in Brooklyn and then they gave him the key, he developed a lot gave him the keys to the offense a little bit yeah now here he is 20 million deal or 18 yeah. 18 million 18 million annually yep. yeah right, last so my, year well my, let me, yeah. yeah let me go into my number eight so my number eight, uh, I don't know how, you, how you're going to think about this, but uh, I have Doug McDermott, three years, $41 million, $13.75 million annually. Wow. Uh, sign and trade, um, and he's also signed on the, his uh, bird rights. Okay. So he's the 17th uh, highest paid small forward. So my reasoning right here is that if you look at the deal um, Duncan Robinson got, so Duncan Robinson got a, uh, a bit more than McDermott, but then McDermott's also like a million more than Olenek. So I'm kind of judging it based on like the shooters market, right? Right. So Robinson Olenek, those are the other probably two like premium sh- like movement shooters uh, this past offseason. Doug McDermott's like probably in the middle of those. Um, so he's less than Robinson, a, li- a little bit more than Olenek. I think that's actually a pretty good value for um, a guy who's coming off a career year. Kind of, yeah. fa- kind of found his um, groove in Indiana. So he's the 17th highest paid uh, small four. And also the Spurs, like, they have a tons of cap room and they have nothing to spend it on because this past free agency class really didn't have anyone 
um, headlining. And also, like, the San Antonio is really not going to get anyone. They typically don't. So I don't. I really don't see how this inhibits them at all. Um, so I think it's a pretty pretty good deal, and it's also a very movable deal for uh, one of the best shooters in the league. If if maybe if a contender looks like they need uh, something just to juice their offense a little bit, McDermott could fill that role on a decent decent deal. Um, and he's also going to help the Spurs offense because they they just generally did they don't take many threes at all. Like a lot of the the stuff they generated was um, last year was a lot of just mid range stuff. Uh, so he kind of brings like a three point element to their offense that they may not have, and also just gives their pick and roll ball hand like Jonte Murray a lot more room to a lot more room to work, which is like pretty crucial for uh, development. So I think he's a pretty good fit there on a pretty pretty good deal. Yeah, I agree. I shooters just stick around in the league. You mentioned Robinson. I mean, it's Kyle Korver. It's Joe Harris. Having that guy you can run off screens and run your offense around, it just it opens up a lot for the offense. And yeah. you're right. At 14, it's pretty, it's pretty, I mean, it's not it's not small by any means, but it's it's movable. You're right. It's if if a team is looking for that, Spurs might be able to flip him, especially because it's not this is not something they're not building around Doug McDermott. It's just kind of a it's a it's a complimentary piece. So yep. that makes sense. All right. Seven. We start getting into the players who prove their worth on the biggest stage. I'm going with Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis signed two years, 8.9 roughly. And that's like four. It's a little less than four and a half um, annually. It's 45th amongst all uh, power forwards. And he re-signed with Milwaukee. It's If you watch what Bobby Portis did during the finals, what he brought to that team, Maybe it was specific to the Bucks, but I really would have thought he got he would have got more than five million annually. He he's a great the the bigs who can move on the perimeter, who can switch the screens in the playoffs, even in the regular season. Those are becoming increasingly more valuable. That's why an Evan Mobley is going third overall in the draft. And Bobby Portis was great. It was phenomenal switching those ball screens, switching Booker, switching Crowder, all of that in the finals. That's super valuable to a team, and I really would have thought that would have got him eight to ten range in the in free agency. And he ended up actually signing later in free agency and returning with the Bucks on four and a half a year on a two year deal, no risk, and he'll you know exactly what he's bringing to the team—a really improved three point shooter. So I was surprised to see him get so little. So Bobby Portis comes in at seven. I have Bobby Portis actually a bit higher on my on my list, and I think. The deal with him was that he probably, I think he probably did have some larger deals out there, but I think he just wanted to stay in Milwaukee because, like, the crowd, crowds chanting your name, fan favorite. Like, that's true. You just won a championship. Like, why don't you want to stay? And also, he's a player option for the second year. So I suspect that there might be a bit of like a wink, wink kind of going on where they're going to extend him, give him a little more money uh, later on. That may be true. Although, I think that's but very possible. I feel like he had leverage because he played so well. He doesn't. I don't. Yeah, but Milwaukee, just, like, like, look at look what happened with PJ Tucker. Like, once he they pass a certain threshold because they have a lot of luxury, or they they would have a lot of uh, luxury tax issues. That's why they didn't sign PJ Tucker because they just didn't want to pay that. So they were like, at right. a certain price, a certain price, we're just not going to bring you back. And he's like, oh, I want, I probably want to stay here. It's all speculation. Like, I don't, I don't like, know exactly, but right with the amount of money he got and how he played, like usually, like typically, like good playoff performers, like that past year, tend to get a bit overpaid, and he got underpaid. So I think he wanted to stay. 
I think uh, that yeah, was the that's deal. fair. I just, it's a value for Milwaukee that the yeah, fact very that good. Value. Extremely good team. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you on like the switching. He's like he was actually like decent odd switches you got a few like steals no, no he was nice good, good like, at containing he, yeah he switched, yeah. So he he, switched i wouldn't say that... he's phenomenal i wouldn't say he's phenomenal but no he was, no he was decent he was decent no for the expectation of where he what, what he was coming in he moves his feet pretty well and yeah he, he actually he on, does he does on booker and i like his guys. i like his i'll talk about him a little later but i like yeah his too. yeah he's a really good shooter yeah so uh, for number seven for me i got malik bunk one year minimum deal with the lakers Wow. So okay. he's the hundred third highest paid player. So I could actually see him being a starter or a lead guy off the bench, um, with his like just catch and shoot ability that he finally, like really got down in in Charlotte. Uh, but also he could he brings a lot off the dribble as like a as like a shot creator, you know. So yeah, I, I think in Charlotte he didn't get the full opportunity to show what he had. His minutes were kind of yanked around a bit by. Break. It's just hard to fit him in when you already have like Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, and Lamelo all in the guard rotation, and you probably want maybe like a little more, a little more on ball defense because actually he's actually a pretty good off ball defender. His off ball defense has gotten a lot better. Um, but yeah, going back to how what he brings to the Lakers, it's a, definitely a huge value deal for someone with an off the bounce game, forty over forty percent um, from three. He's gonna have more, st- hopefully, more stability this year uh, with the Lakers. Um, yeah, I, I just think he brings he brings another dimension to the Lakers' offense. Is like a, a shooter, who guy who can hit some pull up, some like pull up threes, pull up mid range shots. They don't they don't necessarily have that in their uh, rotation. He can bring that, and I honestly can see him being a starter because his off ball defense actually has improved tremendously. So you put Russell Westbrook on the on the lead, maybe like a team's lead guard, have Malik Monk on the the weaker player, but he also can provide some really good help defense. So, yeah, no, I agree that like the Lakers were able to get a lot of great pieces. Yeah, that a lot, fit a lot, around. a lot of Lakers guys could have fit on this list. <laughs> oh yeah, well, uh, spoiler alert, I got a few more coming up. Oh, okay, hundred <laughs> percent. Like Malik Monk, I, he's only twenty three. He's, I mean, he was he was the 11th pick in the 2017 draft. He's relatively young, and I agree that his just because of what how the pieces fell into place in Charlotte, he kind of got he got the short end of the stick for no for not really he didn't. I mean, he wasn't playing particularly well, but he didn't get the opportunity. It just he never deserved. really worked. It just didn't yeah. work out. No, like, it just wasn't the right situation. But I agree, he's a lank. He's he's pretty lanky. He's gonna, yeah, he he's active. He's very athletic. According to Cleaning Glass, shot 98th percentile on corner threes, which, I mean, I don't know if I've heard of a better role player than that for the Lakers. And for yeah, I don't think just... he is a role player. I think his ceiling is beyond the role. I think he could be like a – I agree. No, but like at, a... at the very worst, he'll he'll be in the corner and LeBron will hit him and he'll just be draining corner threes. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, and then... that and on a minimum deal, he's very athletic. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Great mm-hmm. upside deal for the yep. Lakers. All right. All right. Number six. Who well, you got? well, we're gonna. <laughs> it's almost identical explanation. I have Kendrick Nunn. Um, okay. Two okay. years, yeah. ten and a quarter million. My, my, the reason why I don't have none of this is I don't think that's a value deal. I think that's around what he should be getting. But only five on. million a year. Yeah. I think he could have gotten a lot more. May, okay, maybe he could have gotten a, a little no. bit more. I think he. I'm a little bit lower on. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I... Well, I, you, you go, you go. <laughs> no, well, I mean, he's tied 48th amongst shooting guards. 
that's uh, just to give a reference. That's he's tied for Lou Will in terms of earnings. So okay. I think that's a little a little harsh based on what Kendrick Nunn. He had that great breakout year. He fell off slightly. They added Harrow, so then that kind of the, the ticked him down. Off the bench, he's a great creator. He can he can work in the pick and roll. He's he's more like he is like Monk, where it's he's a shooter. He can be that secondary guy. He's not, but he took less money to be with on the Lakers, get a ring. But at he was averaging fourteen point six points, shoots thirty eight percent from three on over five and a half attempts per game. He's he's a he's a really all around great player. He could be that secondary creator off the bench when you take Westbrook a break. You can put in none, and he can. Now he's not going to run the offense phenomenally, but he can he can be a. And he's 93% from the line. He doesn't get to the line that often. But he's, I just think at $5 million a year, that's a great deal. I thought, based on his production, I mean, if you comp him to someone like Dinwiddie, he got 18. Uh, they're not the same, but they're kind of secondary creator off the bench guys. You comp him to that, he should have been like 12 to 15 and Lakers got him for five. Of course, yeah, that's the, okay, yeah. that's, the champion, I, I that. that's the championship contender discount right there, but it still makes him a value deal. So. Yeah, that's actually I, I maybe I could have had him like a little bit lower. But I think Malik Monk is the better deal though between those two. I agree. I agree. Actually, yeah. but I mean it's it's kind of a toss up. It's just this sort yeah. similar situation. But, yeah, yeah, it is pretty similar. Okay, All for right. number six for me, I got Nicholas Batum, two years, about six point uh, five million player option year two, about three point two million annual. He's the fifty third. Uh, highest paid small forward. So I think Batum also maybe could have gotten more for. Uh, how he played with the Clippers, which I think he was like really, really valuable. He played even like small ball five a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a, he can move the ball really well, just like the connector piece. He can handle the ball. His perimeter defense, like he, he's like really good at containing the ball, but like his stance is like it's just a side, kind of a side note. But his he stance looks, is very he looks upright, ve- and it's yeah. like it looks, he looks like very he can't stiff. Move. Yeah, he looks very. <laughs> but stiff. He, like it's he contains awkward. the ball really well. <laughs> I don't know how. It's but it works. Yeah, no, it's like when it that that deals like a Portis where in the playoffs, I mean that Jazz series, he was so important for that team, especially when they're trying to run Gobert off the court. You're right, yeah. he ran that small ball five. It was really important. And it's, it's French like Portis, on French crime. The, <laughs> the French on the French Revolution in the NBA. No, but uh, he was he was super important to that team. I mean, he's just a veteran. He knows it's like. It reminds me of the James Johnson deal, or like what you were saying earlier. He just knows his role. He brings that specific aspect to the team. So I I agree with that. And he's super. It's just like that's a great fit for. The, I think he could have gotten. I think I think he could have gotten a bit more. I agree. I, I mean, I think he, he wasn't. He wasn't yeah. gonna get like not a substantial amount, but like thirty five million. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> you max out Nick Patel. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number. Five. All right. Number five, entering the top five. This one, you 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 referenced him earlier. I have PJ Tucker who left the Bucks. The other well, forward, I, I referenced I referenced him off you, uh off the pod. You did. <laughs> you told you did. me that. <laughs> P, PJ Tuck, he two years, fourteen point three five million, little over seven annually, thirty fifth amongst power forwards. You look at this. You look at his boxes from versus the Nets versus versus even the Suns in the finals. You're like, this is ridiculous. Shouldn't even gotten seven. You watch the game. You watch him as a point of attack defender. I mean, against KD in the Eastern Conference Finals, he's up in his grill and he's, it's just, 
he's one of those guys. It's the intangibles. You can't measure what he did, but as a point of attack defender, as a leader, as someone, and he can shoot the corner three, talk about corner threes. I mean, I don't know off the top what his corner three percentile is. It's got to be not insane. very good. Not no, very no, no. good. He was he, one of the he's, best. He's very low. He was very low volume. He and was one like, of the best corner three shooters for yeah, the with longest. The, with the Rockets, but with the Bucks, he honestly did. I don't think he shot the ball that great. Like, he, like let's just say the Suns are living with him shooting corner threes. He maybe shot like one or two a game. Well, that, that's my. His his shooting isn't good. Okay, that's it's not big sample. It's not big sample size, but he did rank in the hundredth percentile for corner threes. Are you serious? I'm dead, I'm dead serious. Oh my god! Are you? When I was watching, it's like the, like teams just let him kind of let. Let's him see. No, okay, shoot. wait. So his field goal percentage on corner threes was fifty fifth percentile. He shot thirty nine percent on corner threes. Okay. His frequency. What was, what was his percent what was, of shot attempts? His hundred. He shot two oh, thirds. Okay. Two thirds of his threes were from the corner. Yeah, sixty-seven yeah, that percent. Makes sense. That's that makes insane. Sense. Yeah. yeah, that 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 was the hundredth percentile thing. That was the hundredth percentile. Okay. Rank. I'm sorry, okay. I misconstrued that. Okay. His percent of shot attempts, it was a hundredth percentile <laughs> for corner threes. He You're shot probably be PJ no. Tucker's a hundredth no, percentile he... in percentage of corner threes. That's he crazy. was no, but he was a great shooter. He was. Yeah, he was. He was a decent shooter. Like it's just he's very limited on offense. His That's year fine. with his year with Toronto in 2016, he was 90th percentile for corner threes. He shot 45. percent Oh yeah, Toronto. Forgot yeah. he was on Toronto. He's and he's Phoenix. made his way around, but yeah. At at I mean at seven million a year going to Miami, they're going to contend. I think he's. I think that's a value deal. I thought I was. I don't. I don't I, think that's a value deal. I would have thought 10 to 12 for him based on what he showed in the playoffs. So I mean, the thing is, he's just a really old. Now and he's kind of he's taken, old, but I mean, yeah, he's, but on he's a two-year t- on a two-year deal, that's not that's not very consequential. And what he's 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 clearly still got a lot less. If you saw him jawing at KD, like he's not he's not giving up. No, I think he he's he's definitely a valuable like playoff piece, but um, I don't really like him as like a starting or like your playoff rotation for um, just how because of how limited he's on offense, especially for the Heat where. Uh, they they move the ball a lot. They play from the elbows a lot with like Bam out of bio. Like you you want someone with more three point volume than Tucker who could shoot maybe a little bit above the break. Like they had Jay Crowder. I think he was really good there. But mm-hmm. PG Tucker's a little more limited. He can't really put the ball on the floor. He's not as skilled of like a ball mover as a guy like uh as a guy like Crowder. So that's why I kind of not a huge fan of that deal. But it's it's also like it's also just like a thing where you just want him to get away from another like just weaken your competition you know i think that's also that yeah that is something to think about i mean miami's not gonna want him on jimmy butler in the playoffs yeah yeah exactly so So just why not just have him on your team you know makes him even more valuable i'd say yeah that's true but i still don't think it's a value deal but all right that that aside i have dennis schroeder at number five one year 5.8 million wow uh, many mid-level yeah you okay. don't think that's a you, you think no he's I higher? do I think it's higher higher I, yeah I, maybe you, yeah you know what I may, watch out I may switch are, are Bobby we get into we get into mid round trade <laughs> yeah actually my I, I I meant to do this earlier but um I want to switch Bobby Porter's to number five Shredder at four okay that's I think fine. yeah approved yeah oh thank you. So I'll just talk about Bobby Portis now. Then I'll talk about Dennis Schroeder next. Um, so we talked about like his contract numbers, all of that. I think he was just a key part of Milwaukee's rotation with just the shooting effort. 
overall intensity. He just wants to he just wants to be in Milwaukee, and I think that's pretty valuable. We already talked about him, so we can move on to number number four. Yeah, number four, I have I have Kawhi Leonard. Now, this is I debating where to put him because it's hard to measure a value because he's on a max deal. He got the four years, 176, 44 years, super max, maxed him out, whatever. It's I didn't want to leave him off the list because that felt like like you can't you can't downplay what Kawhi does. He's got a torn ACL. Who knows how much he's gonna play this year? There, there's not much explanation to do with Kawhi, just how he fits with the team, what he's gonna be able to bring this year. The Clippers obviously contending with him and Paul George. I didn't want to leave him off the list altogether because even at 44, what he brings when he's healthy, that is a value deal. It is. That that you want to, you're going to pay that much for Kawhi Leonard a hundred times out of a hundred. So I didn't want to put him all the way at one and just like that, that's kind of a, that's not a good way to cap it off because it's not a true value, but I didn't think leaving, I thought leaving him off the list altogether was inappropriate. So. Yes. I, I, I see what you're, you're saying. It's like, it's just like you're re-signing your superstar that like it was a bit murky of whether or not he wanted to stay and he's kind of like crucial to your championship window so you, you, you and it's locking him up long term i guess yeah i guess that is a big big win for the club i don't i would yeah i wouldn't i i, I would have felt I, I, just, I see what you're saying i see yeah, what i didn't you're want saying. i didn't want to put him at one because it's not like especially a max it is the most and it's not like but it's it you can't leave him off the list based on how crucial and like how much how much he would get on open market he would get that from any team so i like that that's my that's my skewed definition of value for the superstar category but he comes in at four yeah i i didn't really have any like superstar level players well, i guess coin was like the main one but i right. I, I just i don't have quite i just don't think that's really a value deal and like that's not really what my list is centered around but i i could i see your your argument about that's fair no that was just i i couldn't leave him off the list yeah but, yeah, yeah yeah all right so i have dennis schroeder as i said before switching with bobby portis one year 5.8 million uh 43rd highest paid point guard and that's kind of just the result of his market drying up unexpectedly after he turned down the the lakers extension i don't remember the number of that but it's a lot more than 5.8 million i can tell you that so <laughs> yeah, that is true the, <laughs> yeah that's really that's really unfortunate <laughs> that um, is but he could, I think, for, he could be a starter on the Celtics or like a high level bench. I think they do want to start Marcus Smart at point guard. I think I did see that floating around somewhere. But he kind of brings an like a downhill element the Celtics don't always don't always have because they have like Jalen Brown and like Jason Tatum. They're more like triple threat, get on my bag, jab step, sidestep. You know, they're like that's the type of scores they are. And Dennis Schroeder's more uses speed, get down a hill, get to the basket, which I like. So it's a good contrast of scoring types uh and on a pretty good deal too so that's yeah. why i have him at number four yeah that's that's fair i'll save i have schroeder higher i mean i'll save my analysis for i later, have but some it's... pretty good guys ahead of him so oh okay we'll say say less we're at number three is that correct yeah maybe maybe i'll switch maybe i could switch schroeder with this guy but i think i think i'm, I'm gonna stick with this guy at three so you go. Okay. All right. At three, I'm I'm kind of reworking my list as well. I'm 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 making I'm making the adjustments as I see them. I think. Yeah, I think that's how I want it. All right. Three, I'm gonna put Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway resigns. Cool. 
Yeah. No, he resigned <laughs> for a value for a value list. You don't have a that lot is of value. A, that is a value deal. That is no, a value deal. Four years, seventy-five million, eighteen and three quarters annually, thirteenth ranked oh, shooting. Oh God! Oh, I thought it was less than that. Oh man, no, that's a good deal. Did if you watched the Dallas Mavericks last year, it was like torture having to watch Luca like run around and do everything for that team. That like it was unbelievable. I guess yeah. I guess Tim Hardaway was the one guy that could like the one maybe guy do something who can space the floor, who can shoot the lights out, put the ball on the floor a little bit, put it yeah. on the floor, be a somewhat generator. And they had bird rights on him, so they needed to bring him back because they had no other money because mm-hmm. they got okay. it's locked up. Otherwise, they needed to bring him back. I eighteen and three quarters. I mean, he shot. 40 plus on like seven attempts. He's a phenomenal shooter. Maybe he got a little more because he had that leverage. They had the bird rights. I just think based on what the Mavericks current situation was, what they needed alongside Luca, it was hard to not bring Hardaway back based on what he brings to that team. Does, that makes does, it a value. Does bird rights change the cap hit on the team? I f- feel bird, like it does. does. it change the cap hit on the team? Yeah. I don't think so. It just allows you, you're allowed to go over and you don't have to pay luxury oh, tax oh, on the deal oh, okay, okay okay so that might that that might be incorrect but i know that, that is that's my... a, that, that's that's a good point about like how their their money's kind of locked up so they kind of have to bring them back or else they really don't have any means to it's kind of bird rights trap i don't know if you've heard of it but <laughs> bird rights trap yeah it's no like, I... like look at look at uh what's his name marcus morris last year like, the clippers had to resign him he has all the leverage right especially because they have no that... other way to improve exactly knowing that they didn't have the money to spend elsewhere because the bird right gives you that flexibility. Yeah. But especially what Tim Hardaway brings at 18 three quarters, it's, it's not like monetary value. It's not great, but it like for what the Mavericks needed and what they could get, it was a, it was a, it was a good deal for me. Yeah. Look at bird rights trap. Uh, it's he, John Hollinger talks about it. That's his kind uh, of his theory. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So who I have, we're at number three, right? We are at number three. I have Cameron Payne, three years, nineteen million, signed uh, with uh, Early Bird. Okay. Um, I was the last year's two million. Him. Yeah, I think he's that's that's one of the best value deals. Like that that is a great deal. I thought for, I thought I thought the Suns were not going to be able to bring him back. No, I I didn't either, honestly. And he's the forty first paid point guard, in the, and I think he's definitely better than that. Yeah, I mean. That's like that. I mean, I included McConnell, who's like just similar role backup guard, and he, I, think, I had him. The at... thing is, I think Payne, you can play him next to Chris Paul. You can play him next to McConnell. Like mm. it's harder to play him next to like Brogdon or like Lavert because he needs the ball in his hands to be you can any you can effective. You can pay. You can play him next to Booker. I don't know. You can play him next to Chris Paul. They did play him next to Chris Paul. Well, you, you kind of had to. The, the, well, he yeah. No, they I had. I, they, they he had played, him he rotating. Both. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't. But I, he he's just crucial, I think, for this. He gives him kind of like what Dennis Schroeder brings to the Celtics. He he is like a speedy guard, and Paul and Booker aren't necessarily that type of player. They're more like mid range pull up type of guys. So I think just having that downhill element is really going to help them. I think he's definitely one of the best backups in the league right now, and he possibly even could. I could see him stretching to a starter role next to like a strong two guard like like booker like he started a few games when paul was out uh and he played really really well no i agree that is definitely yeah. something to consider i mean chris paul is I... on his last legs so mm-hmm. he's 
And if they want to go to the finals, they're going to, they're going to have to kind of load manage here. So I, I'm, I'm, that makes a lot of sense. I had campaign as one of my, this is going to be yeah. my honorable. Yeah. Mention, side but... note on the, like the Bucks and the Suns, like their turnaround is like the turnaround from last year. I think the, from the bubble to the season is like, I think it's about the same as this year to the next season. So I That's feel like the, 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 yeah, the Bucks and the Suns are going to have, Really short turnaround. Booker played in the Olympics. Middleton played in the Olympics. Holiday played in the Olympics. Like that's just a, and they plus all the guys played like huge minute loads throughout the playoffs. Yeah, so, no, it's I, definitely. I feel like the, I feel like they're they. There's a possibility they might have a Lakers type year where like just injuries just decimate them and yeah, it's gonna it might be a little rough for them, but we'll see. Hopefully yeah. not. Hope obviously hopefully not, but it's right. very possible. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. It, It'll look at that. So, all right, to to the top two here. I had. <laughs> I thought the top, like the top two, is pretty consensus who it should be. I'm interested to see this. Who... This should be this. So you have you obviously have Dennis Schroeder up here. I do have Dennis Schroeder. Is he mm. top two and not two? I don't know. No. I... Wow, are you serious? <laughs> watch, watch me, Matt. At two, uh, okay. I don't. You. I think you're gonna laugh at me, but I I got my reasoning here. I have Kyle Kyle Lowry. Oh my God, dude! You, did you know what a that value is a value deal? deal? Is? No, it's Matt, not. We, I think we. Do you know what a value deal is? I do know what a value deal is. Is what he brings to the team versus what he's earning versus what that team's trying to accomplish. We have different. <laughs> he's getting paid like they literally overpaid him. Done twenty, so three years, eighty-five, twenty-eight a year, and he's oh boy, oh boy, he's okay. tied for ninth amongst <laughs> point guards, which is right with Deer and Fox. So. That that's something to consider relative to his position. Would you rather have Kyle Lowry or De'Aaron Fox? Um, I mean, depends on the situation. Like, oh, I think De'Aaron on. Fox could be oh, like obviously right on. now Lowry's probably more value to a playoff contender, but I think Fox is probably the more talented player. Exactly. He, you want so when who did Lowry sign with the Heat? He was yeah, in that sign and trade deal with Dragic and though. Precious Achua. It is a value deal. The the Heat needed. A point guard, a facilitator. The need, take the, the need is doesn't necessarily have to do with the. It, but if it takes them, if it takes them from second round exit to finals, because that was what the uh, they went to the finals when they had Dragic healthy, having Dragic. So you, you're okay. I, okay, so you're just basically extremely high on Lowry, like getting them from the first round Lowry. sweep exit to championship level. That, that he can make that jump for okay. that team. Right. I believe. I believe that he All can right. make that jump. He's extremely efficient. His his um his points per shot attempt ranked 84th percentile amongst point guards. Basically, saying he's he's equating his shots equally thir- three pointers and two pointers. He's very efficient. He's a great point of attack defender. He is a better defender than Dragic. I mean, Dragic's just kind of like oh, yeah. slow and slow footed. He's gonna bring no, he's Dra- gonna bring Dragic better is defense. A speed demon. No, he's. <laughs> He no, he actually on offense he is defense. Uh, okay, on much, offense, but... on defense. Lowry is like that hustle guy. You need yeah, he yeah, fits yeah. perfectly next to Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy, but like it's gonna be a great fit. I think that deal, even though it's expensive, it takes them from the lower echelon of the East as the East has been improving to now they are contenders. They're up there with the Boston, with the Philly, with the Nets. I really believe that because I think he makes that big of a difference. You saw him in Toronto, even. They were working with kind of spare parts. His his facilitating his his off his offensive like I think he, he makes that shoot. difference. He can really he, shoot. He can shoot the ball. Yeah. There's he's an all around guy. Twenty eight million. It's not cheap, but for what he's gonna 
take the heat to, he's going to take them to the next level. It was definitely worth it. Yeah, I I agree that he actually helps the Heat a ton. Like he's a he's a really good transition player. He's gonna get there because Miami likes to play with like pace and like early offense. I think he's really gonna help with that. Uh, he can hold his own on switches even though he's six feet tall. He, he takes those charges. He's just he's a yeah, ten, yeah, tenacious no, I defender. Just, I just think like if you think about it in terms of like including his age as well, I I don't think that's a value deal. But I do agree that he's extremely valuable for the Heat. So for my number two. Uh, I have Rashawn Holmes, four years, forty six million. Oh, Rashawn Holmes! Uh, oh my gosh! All right, continue. you don't like that? <laughs> well, no, I just, we kind of discussed this. Love, yeah, we did. But we did. Lay it out. Let's hear it. So, sixteenth highest paid uh, center. So, like, it's probably I guess average starting center age, but I think he's way better than that. Um, so, looking at like other centers who got deals this year, so Jared Allen, twenty million. I think Rashawn Holmes is a way better. Well, not way better, but I think he's. Definitely better than Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Um, I mean, just as a as a center, I, I don't know. I think just think, I just think he's better. And They're very similar. Also, like two million more than Nerlens Noel, and I think Holmes' offense puts him way ahead of um, Noel. Yeah, I he so going just breaking down his offense a little bit. Uh, he he can like catch lobs. He's really 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 athletic. But he also has a bit of like a unique skill set. He is. A bit of like a like a floater game, like a little push shot game. Once he gets into the paint, uh, he has really good hands. He obviously has like athleticism. He can finish over over the top, and he can shoot the mid range a little bit. And I think he could possibly stretch that out, stretch that out to the three, uh, maybe in the next few years. So I think at a, around eleven million, I think that's gonna it's gonna increase, of course, um, over the years. But eleven million, about eleven million annually, I think that's an outstanding deal for like one of the one of the more versatile offensive centers. Uh, in the league and defensively, they're Sacramento's, I guess, best defensive units were with him at center, even though they were atrocious. The best, I was gonna say <laughs> the best defensive units for Sacramento were that's a that's a generous, like, yeah. But the fact that he was their best piece on, I think he was their best piece on defense, and that's yeah. not great, but you know, it's not, it's not it's great. something, it's something I'm, I'm willing to admit. I think that my just blatant or not blatant it's just that my view towards the kings is that they've just kind of they they haven't really figured out how to put their pieces together that they've acquired over the years and now they have an overload at guards i think maybe that skewed my my you just, just dislike the the kings tremendously well, I, so that, I think you have no one on, you're not even considering that, anyone on the kings i did i did <laughs> consider Rashawn holmes i did look at him i think i looking back on it i think i did I was overcritical of that deal. I also now I'm just credit to he. So he cannot stretch it out to the three. He barely, he never shoots three. However, I said he potentially can with his ability because he can hit mid rangers. Because you are right. I fair enough in all of his mid range amongst bigs. He ranked the 96th percentile for mid range jumpers. According to cleaning glass, mid range God in 20 he, Holmes. almost 295 attempts. So it wasn't just like a one time deal. He is actually a solid mid range guy and he can hit those types of shots. Credit to him. I don't know. I, I just think that the way the game's moving, you need to be able to shoot threes as a center that the, getting I, clogged up in the lane is just, I not... see. I don't, I don't buy that at all. Like I, I, I don't like that notion that you have to shoot threes to be effective. You don't um, have to, the, but at, at the center spot, like I just don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's actually bad if you have like centers who are like le- like slightly below league average level, jacking up like five threes because the team, other teams want you to do that. I think that's actually a negative value. I rather 
having a guy just get into the paint, uh, get two on the ball, like in the short roll, dish out. Like he can do all those things. He can hit floaters. Um, well, you, I think there's, you, there's other there's there's tons of other ways centers could be effective on offense. I don't think it has to do with shooting threes at a slightly below league average level. No, and that's again, well, slightly below. Rashawn Holmes doesn't shoot it at all. I that's I mean that's I'm not it's like that's not a deal breaker. It's like they shouldn't have resigned Rashawn Holmes at all. Obviously not. He's an important part of their team. You also think about how he works in that team. De'Aaron Fox, his whole game is getting to the rim and finishing at the rim, like in through contact, getting to the line, all that stuff. You have a guy who can't stretch it out to the corner. It just makes it that much harder for mm, your. I, I know because he, he if he's in, if he's in the pick and roll inherently the spacing is all just right there. That, that's like that's like this. This is my like big gripe with like a basketball discourse about spacing. Like that's not how spacing works. Like if it's like a if it's a two one like okay let's say Rashawn Holmes De'Aaron Fox like pick and roll right there he De'Aaron Fox comes off the screen. It's a two on one situation. The defender got caught on the screen. He's behind Fox. It's a two on one situation. Holmes vertical. The, the, the big has to be in draw coverage, contain the role, but also try to like contest the lip. And that's extremely hard, especially with Fox, with how fast he is. And he can even pull up for like a little floater, um, like off the glass or something. I think that's, that's per that's perfectly fine. Like, I don't really see, I don't really see an issue with that. I think having, because uh, it's the term vertical spacing, like you're spacing the floor vertically. So the defense has to consider that. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, regarding speed, even though like I guess Holmes is like relatively close to the basket, I think I, I just that's just not how basketball works. Like the paint doesn't have to be completely empty for it to be like good spacing, you know? Like there's that's, just like there's like little gaps you can find. That's fair. That I mean, I'm again, I think my view on Holmes was misconstrued just because of my loathing for the Distaste. Kings management and how they've botched so much like I mean, not potential. I mean, they haven't had a lot of star players, but it's just the way they put their team together. Tyreek Evans. <laughs> Tyreek Evans. Do you remember when he was like a god and like, like Dude, he's nice in two K. Like, I used to use him in two K all the time. I think I think he's in China now. No, he's actually banned from the NBA. Oh, that's right. He had the P. Yeah. thing. <laughs> no, that's awkward. Anyway, that all right. Well, I mean, I didn't give Rashawn Holmes his due credit, but at number one, I do have Dennis Schroeder. So Kemba Walker is not on your list. That's what you're telling me. Kemba Walker is not on my list. <laughs> we can, what? Well, well, I he's not on my list. I'm this shocked that crazy. he's on your list. I mean, I'm Let glad my, I'm, we already went over I, Dennis. Hey, okay. But <laughs> the benefit I see of just like having two completely different definitions of value is that we talk about more players. I was gonna say we so did I cover guess. a lot of players because yeah, we didn't go over. I guess that's them. the one benefit. Dennis like, Schroeder. <laughs> well, I this isn't even like this is just numbers, Matt. He was gonna sign for four years, eighty four million at sixteen annually. Turned that down with the Lakers. He lasted through almost the entire like first two waves of free agency period, and the and the Celtics got him on a mid level exception for for under six million for one year. And he was going to be a $16 million a year player. And they got him for sick. That, like, that is the epitome of monetary fiscal value, is you're getting a guy not even half his annual value. Like, I don't understand how. And, is he and that, really that, a $16 million player, though? That's my number one. But I think, I, I, don't know if he, I don't know if he was 16. Is he definitely like 13 to 15? 100%. They're getting him for six. Starting caliber guard. I mean, you kind of went over how they operate the offense with Tatum and Brown. It's just the fact that your caliber player 
on that level deal and you want to be a contender and you want to be a, a focal point of the East, that is a phenomenal deal. Phenomenal. Like that, like I don't understand. I did Dennis Schroeder like fire his agent. How did he go from four years, 84 to one and five? Because people saw his playoff performance and were like, yeah, I don't know if we really want this guy. You know? Okay. Okay. That's that's totally. There's a. Fair. There's a. There's a. But, he, but he only got why. six million a year. He didn't get like. He didn't get he's, like. He's three, definitely better than 32. a six million. No, he's definitely better than a six million. Exactly. Way dollar better. per year player. He's. He's. Yeah. He's definitely substantially better. But he his performance last year in the playoffs when like he had an opportunity to step up and he didn't. Just that, that kind is of. Concerning. Oh my! My I, computer just fell asleep. What the heck? Well, that's tough. Well, but it's, all right. Well, I guess I'm going. I'm going improv. I don't need my notes. I don't need my notes. Kemba Walker, number one. Uh, okay. Two years, two years, seventeen million. I think eight to nine million. Uh, eight to nine million annually. So people forget, like Walker is like two two seasons removed from pit playing, like eighty two games, twenty five points per game with the Hornets. Like he wasn't always like this injury prone player, and now you're getting a guy who is like potentially borderline all star upside for about eight to nine million annually and i think that is substantially higher than dennis schroeder who's probably best right now scaled to like a sixth man role you know like that, I, that goes back to my criteria of like high level production over like a like a smaller smaller a smaller deal and i think walker provides that i think um he's kind of the, the nba has kind of just moved away from him because of just reputation as like an injury prone player but like even in the bubble, like the Raptors, like their focal point on defense was to stop Kemba Walker. It wasn't to necessarily stop Jason Tatum. They were going to let Jason Tatum get hit. They wanted to stop Walker because Walker could get like other people involved um, while also just like putting your defense in the blender with like just step back threes. Um, but yeah, it's just also like borderline all star upside with like less than $10 million annually. Like, he, he, there's a possibility that he probably won't hit that outcome, but like even that the fact that there's a chance that he can do that on a $10 million deal. And even if he's slightly below that, I think that's tremendous for the Knicks, especially what for what they need. They need a little more like perimeter creation. I that's that's fair. I mean, I my gripe with Kemba is I mean, best availability is availability. He was in that Moses Brown deal, and then the and then like not even a month later, OKC was like, We're not, we're not dealing. And they bought they bought him out. Well, they 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 were gonna they're probably looking to flip him, but like no one wants walker no on one wants the, what, whatever guard who's on what, past his prime on what on whatever deal he was on but now he's an eight to nine million dollar deal which is i think is better value than like whatever he was on before it's, i don't i don't know it's good but. value it's also i again this is our 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 disconnect in terms of value but if you consider he's going to the knicks they got rose they got Derek Rose. i'm not saying like that but they have quickly they have ball walker is that, better than all of those guys like without a I'd, doubt, yeah, I'd say Kemba Walker is better, but you want to let quickly the that kind of that connection that like the rotation that they had there. I don't know that they needed to add Kemba at that maybe. deal, and like that what you don't know what he's gonna bring. He's he is past his prime. He after the knee injuries, after that whole stint with the Celtics, he had those issues. Like you don't know what you're getting. You already know what you had if you're the Knicks. I don't know that you needed. Is Rose and quickly really a playoff level backcourt? I just don't think so. I think it is. I think that's, for, I think that's for a, what for what I think else that's they a have. great. I think that's a great off the bench playoff. Like they come in, like boost your offense a little bit when the starters are going out. But like as a starting caliber playoff rotation guard, 
duo. I think I don't think I think you'd rather have Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, like especially on offense. You might, well, you might not even have Kemba Walker. He might just be down with the meniscus the whole year. Like that okay. was just like wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just saying it's like that. That is the real. That is the harsh reality with Kemba. That's been his issue for the. That's why he so got you, it you bought think out. His that's, injury, his his risk for injury makes it so he's not even worth the combination of his of his risk for injury based on what the Knicks already had what they had in place they didn't that wasn't a value because they didn't really need it in the first place I think what? that I I'm content with the quickly rose uh combination in the backcourt wow I am that's not, me because that they're quickly rose combination. well quickly didn't even play like in the playoffs he played a decent amount but he didn't play that much and rose was like I guess they're best offensive player once DeAndre Hunter was like clamping up Julius Randle and just yeah I, yeah, I, I don't know I mean Rose I don't I, Rose I don't think like is that level of player where he's gonna like carry your offensive load I think walk a combination of like Walker Fournier Randle I think that's actually like if you're de- if you're defense even though you're taking a step back personnel wise on defense I think if your like defensive system is good enough I think that's a that's a really good team and I'm I'm a little higher on Walker. I think there's definitely his like, I think his like all star level um, play. It's it's it doesn't that doesn't like disappear from a guy like over the course of like two extremely extremely like outlier season in terms of like the situation. Like you don't you don't really know like what happened. Like there was there was like rumors about like how him and Brad Stevens didn't always see eye to eye. I think that could have been part of it and just. I think just in a new situation and with the uh, with the Knicks, I think he's really gonna. I think it's he's gonna outplay his eight to nine million dollar deal. We'll we'll see about this in a few months, but can, I think he's he's really gonna outperform this deal. I'm I'm happy to revisit it because I think I I'm rooting for Kemba Walker. I'm not like just gonna sit here and say like oh he's he's going to get injured and that is his fate. It's just like I given what we've seen from him and given what the Knicks already had, I wouldn't say it was a value. Agree to disagree. Wow, I can't believe Kevin Walker's just not on your list. That's like that's like a we just, we just hey we covered a lot of guys. And I think we <laughs> you know I had two yeah, right. I had two honorable mentions. I kind I kind of want to just throw these guys in. Okay, just yeah, just to give too. them a shout out. One of the <laughs> one of these guys I just wrote down. And I was like I think Matt will like if I include <laughs> um, Armani Brooks. <laughs> Dude, like I just didn't watch that much. Listen, listen, he got an exhibit ten one year. 1.489. He's not even on a fully guaranteed deal. How can he's you, not? How it's a value he... deal. He could shoot the rock. <laughs> he's on I'm, a tra- he's I'm on not a even joking. Like, deal. Dude, he can. Did you see him in the summer league? He was the best shooter out there. It was absurd. I think he shot like 45. Maybe I'm getting really high on my horse here. I don't know exactly what he shot, but he that last game, seven for 13. If you are a shooter, you stick around in the league. It's kind of like the Doug McDermott argument. Obviously, Gavin, he's not Doug the McDermott. CEO of Summer League Gems. Can't wait to bring <laughs> up the name. I can't wait to bring up the name Armani Brooks. Like, what? Two years and like what happened to him? <laughs> he's gonna be. He's gonna be shooting the lights out for the Rockets. Oh, maybe I'll be. I'll be pretty cool. Hey everyone. Unfortunately, I had a Wi-Fi outage in the end of our recording, but we were wrapping things up anyway. So thank you for listening. Expect more episodes to come along. Thank you.